0: I' at six with almost many cars. Enforce my friends is violence, the supreme authority from which all other authority is derived. And you know There is
1: something very important that we need to do as soon as possible. Don't you blame the
2: movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos for creative
0: hello and welcome this is the parents guide podcast where we analyze movies with a focus on sex and violence we are still in season one which is all about movies from the 1990s my guest today is uh, for the second time a former student uh, of mine Uh, and this time it's uh, alma schmidt
1: hi (laughs) (laughs) nice to be here
0: (laughs) yeah nice nice to have you here uh, it's it's really nice to have uh, to invite several students to to this project. Um, because uh, well it it, it gives it, all of it a different perspective, I think than just uh, like like people who who deal with movies a lot, you know uh, that, that I usually invite. Um, and I, I have mentioned that, uh, but the movie that we uh, discussed today is Princess Mononoko from 1997 by Hayao. Hayao Miyazaki, a very, very interesting pick that we will get into. But uh, before we get there, I will start with my normal introductory question, uh, since this podcast is all about uh, the influence movies can have or cannot have. Is there any movie that you can think of that had some disturbing effect on you as a child that you remember?
1: Ooh, uh, where do I begin? Uh... <laughs> What's the first that comes to mind? The first movie that uh, comes to mind would be, I think, Lord of the Rings, because I watched it when I was like three or something. Mm -hmm. By (laughs) accident.
0: By accident. Okay. (laughs) How did that happen?
1: Yeah, my mother was watching it on TV and didn't realize I I was standing behind her because I couldn't sleep. And you remember that? Yeah, because that was the first nightmare I had that I can remember till today. Because After... three
0: is very very young.
1: Yeah, it was like this scene where the orcs come crawl, uh, crawling out of the mm-hmm. the uh, cracks of the Mines of Moria, and instead of orcs, it was robots in my nightmare. But uh... interesting.
0: <laughs> ah, yeah. okay. So that scene was scary to you. It was disturbing, and then you mixed it in your nightmare with other, I don't know, scary elements that you had in your mind. <laughs> very
1: yeah. interesting. I think so, yeah. Oh, uh, and Spirited Away, yeah. I watched that one and I was also pretty disturbed by the scene where the parents turn into pigs. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Do you know how old you were when you watched that?
1: No, I don't know. It was like one of those animated movies where my parents thought, yeah, this is animated, so this will be <laughs> pre- uh, pretty child-friendly. <laughs> yeah, as we will see,
0: Miyazaki movies are not necessarily uh, the right movies for children. Uh, with some exceptions, and maybe we can get into that today. Um, but I mean, this is a perfect transition, uh, mm-hmm. and you're right. Spirited Away is also quite disturbing in 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 parts, not just in parts, in many parts, actually. Um, mm-hmm. I would argue. But uh, the movie you picked for today is Princess Mononoke. Um, mm-hmm. As I said before, a very interesting pick. Yeah, what's your history with with this film?
1: Uh, I first saw it after graduation when I already. Started my year abroad in in Belgium. I didn't have much to do after work. I thought about movies that I always wanted to watch but didn't watch until that time. And uh, yeah, Princess Mononoke came to mind, and so I watched it. And it was hmm. the time in Belgium was pretty uh, uh, emotional. And yeah, and I saw the movie, and I kind of fell in love with the. Silent moments with the moments where absolutely no music is playing in the background. Just the pictures, just the scenery, no words, just nature. And it was really beautiful, even though the material, the, the story material is pretty dark and mm-hmm. has some dark elements in the scenery. I came to enjoy movies that uh, practiced the show and don't tell agenda
0: mm-hmm. which yeah. fits very well for most Miyazaki movies I would say because uh, mm-hmm. they always have a lot of subtext but it's not necessarily on the surface although I would argue that Princess Mononoke is maybe one of the more explicit movies I think it's hard to get it will come away from this movie and not have some idea what it wants to tell us <laughs> uh, which we will get into but still there's so much going on um, in, in all of his movies uh, but and also in this one that I don't understand so my history with the movie is hmm I remember in uh, in actually 1990, probably was 1998, because it took a while until the movies came out in, in Germany. Maybe it was even 1999. I, I didn't look that up now. So it took a long time. Uh, the movie was made in 1997. And uh, I remember very well that I was really surprised that, uh, to me, back then, strange-looking Japanese animation movie was actually released in German cinemas. That was seemed really, really odd to me. So I had no idea. I'd never heard of Miyazaki or anything, because that was like... Mononoke is, I think, one of his first movies that made him more popular outside of Japan. Um, although, like, people knew uh, Totoro and some of his earlier movies. But Mononoke was really, like, a, the first minor breakthrough before Spirited Away came. But I remember that, and I was really, I don't know, intrigued by it. I had no idea. I'd never seen any Japanese animation movie like that. That was just not a thing that that you knew, in, unless you were really into the, this kind of stuff. And, and I didn't watch it back then, because it probably didn't wasn't shown in my cinema. Um, so I watched it, I don't know, a couple of years later, probably after I watched uh, Spirited Away and Totoro and all these other films that I fell in love with. So I don't even remember when I watched it uh, for the first time. It's a while ago, but but yeah. Okay, um, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk more Miyazaki uh, as, as we uh, dive in. Uh, mm-hmm. Somehow, I think we have to. But before we do, I want to uh, do what I always do uh, and look at the rating this movie uh, has got. Again, if you have no idea about this movie, you will see. Oh, wait, I forgot again. Well, I, I'm not good at this. To give a summary of this movie, if for some reason you're listening to this, you saw the title is Princess Mononoke and you decided, I have not seen this movie, but I listened to it anyway. I try to give a short synopsis of this film which is not that easy actually i try not to get lost in details because it will just be too confusing if you haven't seen that movie Uh, basically it is about um a a kind of corruption that takes over a nature in in um, in the japanese past um i I looked up where when it set it's it's a while ago
1: feudal feudal japan Yes. yes
0: right right and it's about different uh spirits and, and nature gods and how they are corrupted by the destruction that, that humans especially uh uh do to them and uh yeah I, I I see how much I'm struggling to summarize the plot of this movie. And I wouldn't argue that it's a confusing film, but it's it's hard to really summarize it.
1: Yeah, because there's so much happening. And it's not there's no clear evil, there's no clear good, there's yeah a lot of different shades of goodness or evilness yeah and, and
0: it's... yeah and lots of characters too like it has so many characters um and again because as you say they are not clearly bad or good that makes it even harder to give a, a, a simple summary uh, of all of this um, yeah this is what um, princess mononoke is all about so for the ratings uh, in the us where this was released uh i don't know if you know like was released like with actually in a, a real uh, voice cast with uh, famous actors uh, the, the script was rewritten by, I don't know if you know that, by Neil Gaiman of all people. Um, what? Yes. <laughs> um, so it was really an attempt. Uh, it, it has Billy Bob Thornton, Billy Crudup, Minnie Driver, uh, Claire Danes, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith, and, and many other. I mean, not superstars, maybe. Again, this was not a thing. I think this was the first movie where they attempted to do something like that. All the other movies before were subtitled. I think Disney bought uh, all of all of his movies uh, from, from then on and, and um, dubbed them with, uh, yeah. Or maybe it wasn't Disney. Even, I think, Harvey Weinstein is uh, was also involved, unfortunately, in all of this. But he was involved in so many movies, it's hard to to not have Harvey Weinstein in any kind of movie in, uh, involvement in, in the 90s. Okay, I'm distracting myself. So this movie was released in the United States, I don't know, I think in 1998 or 99, and it was rated PG-13 which is uh, basically says this movie is not for kids anymore, but it's also not for adults completely. So it's somewhere in between. Like this is the rating that was in- invented basically for um, the second Indiana Jones movie uh, when people realized, okay, there are movies that look as if they're for kids, but are actually too violent for kids, but they're also not really adult movies. So we need a new rating between PG and R. So this is what this movie got. In Germany, it was rated 12 because, as I keep on saying, uh, violence is something that makes uh, German ratings always go higher than others. I mean, again, I couldn't imagine this movie being rated uh, 6. And the lowest rating or the highest rating I could find is actually not much higher. Uh, no other country has a much higher rating than uh, the US or like most in most countries, it's 12 or 13 or 14 in canada and the lowest rating that i could find of course as always is france where it is uh, it has basically no rating so anyone could see it
1: actually i didn't know the cast of the voice actors and i just looked it up and i'm surprised to see that jillian anderson <laughs> also played a role in it oh uh, yeah,
0: yeah oh yeah right i didn't mention her yeah yeah Again, yeah. Yeah. yeah lots, lots was... of famous people yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, they really tried to to, to make th- th- these movies successful in America. It didn't really work. Like, Mononoke uh, did, did not earn a lot of money in America, despite all of the, the effort. Uh, but still, it helped. Uh, it, it made Miyazaki more popular. And then when uh, Spirited Away came out, uh, it was like his... It seems so weird to say his breakthrough, because he had made so many movies at, at, until this point, and all of them were considered masterpieces by people who knew them. But... This is when he became known internationally. I think Spirited Away was nominated for an Oscar.
1: Yeah, I think it was the first anime that got nominated yeah, for Yeah, for sure, for sure. Something, yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. would be I couldn't imagine any other uh, Japanese animation movie nominated. I mean, and the animation Oscar uh, hadn't been around for that long anyway um mm-hmm. on, at this point, so yeah. Let's get into it. Um <laughs> normally I start with a question and um I, I I know this is a question that for this movie, I think is is kind of difficult, but because I always start with uh, sex and not with violence and spoiler, we will talk more about violence than sex here. But still, I have to ask, what do you think is the most sexual moment in Princess Mononoke? And I feel even weird asking that question, but maybe you have an answer.
1: Yeah, actually, when I, <laughs> when I rewatched it just like half an hour ago, one particular scene, yeah, I think uh, the scene where Shitaka is too weak to chew the beef jerky mm-hmm. and San. San, San starts to rip pieces of the meat off and chew it and spit it in his mouth, like mm-hmm. in a gentle way, almost like a kiss.
0: It looks like kissing, yes.
1: Yeah, and it's a really intimate moment with, I think there's music in the background, but really gentle and, mm-hmm. like I said, a really intimate moment. Also, the scene where... Both of them present the head of the forest spirit to mm-hmm. the raging god of death that has become of him, um, mm-hmm. where he holds her close, wraps an mm-hmm. arm around her and keeps grabbing onto her when the whole earth around them keeps shaking. I think it's also a very strong and intimate and also emotional moment and uh, not really sexual, but... I mean, sex is also about intimacy. So mm-hmm, of I, think course, yeah. th- I think that's close enough.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, I picked sex and violence because I, I realized like this can be interpreted very uh, widely um, and it shouldn't be just about sex itself. Uh, and, and I think you're right. The, the scene that comes to my mind too was the the kissing scene, uh, uh, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you described it very well already. It is, as with all of these scenes in, in, in a movie like this, if you have never seen a movie like this, it's pretty unusual to see what is happening there when she when she chews uh, the 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 food to to like to heal him basically mm-hmm. and then we just see her yeah basically put her lips on his and there's a as you said it it's very gentle and then there is a when we see that in in detail and then there's a shot from far away where we see it again and all we see is really like her putting her head on 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 his and it really looks like kissing at this point uh, mm-hmm. I cannot imagine that this is a coincidence although there's not really any indication for real romance in this film. I mean, they are really close and they become more intimate as you as you pointed out, uh, but this moment is really really intimate. And again, it would be hard not to think of kissing.
1: Yeah, and I think what's also important to mention is that he starts crying, which startles her kind of, and mm-hmm. he's crying silently just silent teardrops that are running from his uh out of the corner of his eyes and that's one of those soft and and quiet moments that mm-hmm. uh yeah like show don't tell and it's mm-hmm. really beautiful actually and i think it also shows the side of love be it platonic or romantically mm-hmm. or that shows the quite literally nourishing side of love
0: yeah, that's a very, oh, that's very interesting. Yeah, yeah, very interesting <laughs> point. Yeah, you're right. I think that really puts pu- makes this really clear. Yeah, I think it is love. You're right, but it's not romantic love. I don't I don't yeah. think so. Right. I mean, you could interpret it. Uh, I mean, he's asking her in the end to to like I don't know if they see each other again, but it's not real, not a romance moment as you would imagine uh, stereotypically. Not at all. Right. And no real kiss or anything. Um. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there is love between them. And I did wonder at some point, and I don't know what your opinion is of this, because we, we, we get to know San as like a super strong character. Like there is this scene where she uh, plans to attack uh, this, this, this village and, and wants to <laughs> kill. I, I forgot her name. And this scene is, I, I found that so, again, that, that would fit more to the violence part. But her character is fast. She knows how to attack. She knows how to kill. But in in the final part of the film, he, in a way, needs to rescue her. Like mm-hmm. she needs his help, and I did wonder. I mean, Miyazaki is often known for actually having very strong female characters in almost all of his movies, and he's normally considered to be a yeah, more or less feminist filmmaker. But I did wonder at this point if if this falls a little bit into the I don't know, not white savior trope, but in uh, maybe like a male savior, because I was surprised that this super strong character needs the help of this of this man, basically. To get out of this situation.
1: I think in the context of this movie. It's pretty hard to tell. I would say she saved him first. She. Mm -hmm. I think the real act of. Of saving her. Happened already before. When she. When he dragged her out of the village. After she tried to attack Lady Eboshi. And. um, Yeah I mean.
0: He's saving her already right?
1: Yeah. yeah, uh, But not only. And then she saves him. Yeah. And then she saves him, and not only just that, when, right outside the village, when he falls off his his, I don't know what this uh, Yakul, his his uh, riding animal uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> his steed, his mighty steed is called uh, <laughs> Yakul, when he falls off Yakul, exhausted and knocked out uh, she questions, questions him in a really aggressive way starts shouting at him, and he remains just calm and Mm-hmm. responds to her in a really quiet way and when she flips him on the back and threatens to kill him literally putting the knife against his throat mm-hmm. he just looks up at her and says no live you're really beautiful mm-hmm. just like and she's startled by that because he's really gentle to her and i think with the yeah with his gentleness that's the actual or one really important part of saving her Mm-hmm. and her saving him it's i think it's a give and a take i think it's not yeah i think it's not that problematic that she needs to be saved by him in the end because yeah and, it's it's difficult
0: i mean don't get me wrong i don't want to be i and and, and you probably know that um <laughs> i tend to be super critical and and to to find flaws where i can find them and, and Again, don't get me wrong. I love this movie absolutely. When I rewatched it again, I was almost overwhelmed by its by its beauty, by its emotions, by its power. I think it's. I, I wrote a little review today, and I, 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 what I said was like, it, sometimes this movie is almost too much. Like it's it it <laughs> it's a movie that I, I I have to stop at times because it's so it it really grabs me um, more than most movies. And this is something that a lot of Miyazaki movies are able to do, for me. Um, but I still wondered about this moment. And actually, <laughs> I'm thinking about it, uh, to stay on my critical lane. It's also, I think, in a way, and, and you're right, it is a give and take. And there is a kind of balance. Um, but still, she's also portrayed as this more, hmm, because she's more connected to nature. So she's a little bit more savage, I would argue. And he's mm-hmm. a little bit more civilized. And I do think that he also, like, again, when she has this attack, she he has, in a way has to stop her from doing something too impulsive in a mm. way right so i think there's a little bit of this the civilized has to 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 slow down the the savage a little bit in its impulsiveness
1: yeah i think that's his character because he's doing that to everyone mm-hmm. around him he's mm-hmm. doing he's treating everyone around him with like his gentle and uh low speaking manner like mm-hmm. he's he's treating everyone around him like they just need to calm down a bit, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and if, it's not just Sun. He's talking to Lady Eboshi in a similar way, more intense, but in a similar way. And he's talking to—that's
0: actually a good point because she's like the opposite side of the spectrum, right? She's like yeah. the the most evil side of civilization in a way, and and she's not completely evil anyway, because yeah. but she's focused on technology and everything. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe you have a point there.
1: Yeah, I think it's that's just his character. He's meant to mm-hmm. be like the... I would say the whole point or the biggest point of the story of Princess Mononoke is that violence and anger just creates more mm-hmm. violence and anger. And to stop this endless cycle of hatred, one must start to yeah come at peace, to, to come to a quiet place and try to collect themselves. And He's, well, to, f-
0: to, to find balance in a way, right?
1: Yeah, to find balance. And uh, he's trying to... That's what he always says. I just want the humans and the forest to live in peace. And I just want peace. I just... Yeah, and he never raises his arrows. Not when he's in, in control. There's a scene right at the beginning after he got the curse where mm-hmm. he loses control of his arm and kills two people. And, yeah, we get to that, of course. Uh, when yeah, we get yeah. to
0: violence... Um...
1: Yeah, yeah but he after that he's really composed he's really trying to control himself he never mm-hmm. lets his anger get the best of him and he's trying to be balanced and to create balance
0: yeah, I think I can take off my critical hat and 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 say yeah, you're right he he in a way symbolizes this 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 link between uh I don't know, I, I, maybe I don't want to say nature and civilization, but in a way it does, right? He, he he really tries to connect them, and he does it right from the start and throughout the movie, you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe we we don't have to view it in this uh, tropey way somehow. <laughs> Before we move on to violence, there's one other scene that I want to mention um, that I, I don't know if I want to call it sexual. There is this moment when he's in a village and there are all these uh, women who work on this machine Mm-hmm. Um, that that keeps the 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 fire burning, and I don't know. They you see all these women; they show relatively much skin,
2: mm-hmm.
0: like compared to all the other characters and almost all the characters in most Miyazaki movies. And, mm-hmm. and they work on all of this together, and they're all women. And they ask him to join them, and then he takes off his shirt, <laughs> so he's doing <laughs> this like half naked as well. Uh-huh. And I thought, huh, this. I somehow I felt this has a strange sexual vibe, this whole thing, the way they are working this machine. And then the women say, well, this is better than working in the brothel as we did before, uh, because here we don't have to deal with disgusting men. So
1: mm-hmm. unless we want to.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I found that super interesting because I had this notion. I thought, oh, I, I'm really I'm really I'm just looking for it now. And then actually <laughs> the, the women actually did talk about sex uh, more than I would expect would have expected. So I I, I don't know what to make of this because, I mean, it shows the women as empowered for sure, right? Because they're independent Mm -hmm. and and this group of women, they they appear again and again in the movie and they're never really controlled by anyone.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're like, I would say it's almost... A matriarchy in in yes. this this village. Like the women have a lot of power. They yeah they they don't keep quiet. They won't like when the samurai general is standing right at their gate and says yeah so just let us come in. And she's like I can hear you just good enough from where you are right now. So <laughs> keep talking. Yeah, and the scene especially where uh, which you just described. Yeah, that's also pretty interesting because it has some kind of sexual vibe if you are trying to find some kind of sexual vibe in the movie especially the, when when he's uh trying to get the lever from one of the women working on this machine like mm-hmm. they have they have to pull this or i think it's they they keep yeah they grab onto this kind of mm-hmm. rope to to keep themselves on the ground while they pump with their feet some (laughs) kind of steam pump yeah and he's grabbing the rope from uh from behind and this woman that actually uh, has rope in her hands blushes and is like what and yeah uh, yeah. that's what i mean there is something
0: (laughs) there i think like some some spark or whatever it's it's hard to 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 really uh say w- what it is but there is something in the scene I-, I i'm pretty yeah. sure and again uh, even more so when they then say well again this is better than being exploited sexually by men mm-hmm.
1: um yeah yeah i know what you mean like they they keep they keep saying that actually throughout the whole interaction uh ashitaka has with them like that they are enjoying that they have this that they have gotten this opportunity by uh lady eboshi to work Non exploitative work, (laughs) I would say. Yeah. And that they have this sense of, uh, they have a really strong sense of self worth, I would say. And uh, that's that's really nice, I would say. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And everything in this whole scene, even though it's sexual, and maybe because of just that, I think maybe because it's everything in a respectful manner without being exploitative in a way, just like this, the sense of, genuine respect and
0: uh yeah yeah i I think especially in that comparison right in a way they're saying like when we when we have to deal with men they're like again they're basically exploiting us sexually and that makes them disgusting and now we have find this alternative which we like much much more Mm -hmm. and it's not explicitly sexual but it's it's it gives us something that the man in a way can't Mm -hmm. right so I think there is some kind of connection, right, uh, which, which I find really, really interesting. I mean, in a way, it's the most—I would say—it's the most explicitly feminist moment in the film, right? Mm-hmm. As they explain, like that they have the power and that they have freed themselves, and that this is the this is much better than what they did before. And and again, just the mentioning of the word brothel that really puts sex in all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't really expect that because I think normally sex is just not a topic that that uh, you, you find in, in these films. It is, and, and when you look at the parents guide on IMDb, it, it, the moment is actually mentioned under under sex and nudity. Uh, I was surprised to find like four entries under sex and nudity. I just want to read them and then we can move on to violence. It says uh, the main male character is seen in his underwear, to, uh, but this was in order to cross the river. Yeah, you know, this is what what counts as uh, under sex and nudity in a, in, a, in a parent's guide already.
1: Maybe it's because of the nip, uh, nipples or something like that. Yeah, because... I don't know. It's, it's, it's really strange,
0: yeah. Uh, because
1: apparently society is scared of nipples.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah, when you write a parent's yeah. guide, then then this is something that is, uh, people have to be warned of. And it says yeah. a few <laughs> offhand references to brothels, okay, and then uh, many women wear loose clothing that displays cleavage but it is not sexual by any means. It's still written down under sex and nudity. Um, yeah. <laughs> so whoever wrote that clearly thinks there is something sexual about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, again, I mean, in a way, I think you could argue that there's no sexual um, content in this movie at all. And, and what's there is really, really tangential. Like It's really not much. But I think it's interesting that there is still something there. And you probably would find something in every movie if you looked for it. <laughs> And I think that's that. That's one one point I wanna I have with this podcast in a way that that mm-hmm. even if you don't think about it, you can find something. Even if it is, because it's just, there.
1: Yeah. Even if it is just nipples. <laughs> <I guess>. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> yes. Okay. Then let's move on to the clearly. If you have seen this movie main focus which is violence what would you say in your opinion is the most violent m- moment in this film
1: Oof, uh, if you had to pick one I think it would be like one of the like. it's more at the end where the boar god mm-hmm. really badly injured is uh, fighting his way through the forest blood mm-hmm. is gushing out of dozens and dozens of wounds and mm-hmm. the sun is trying to keep him on his way and is trying to keep him moving towards the, the like of the great forest spirit Mm -hmm. and these soldiers hidden underneath the skins of Mm -hmm. slain boars, just like the Mm -hmm. image. It's really creepy. And when you imagine how they got those skins, it's even creepier. Yeah. Yeah. And it's basically, physical and psychological torment for this boar god who just lost all of his warriors and children to this senseless war of hatred and, and yeah, he doesn't smell the humans underneath the skin and uh, thinks it's his warriors and finds new strength because he's being yeah he, he's being tricked into thinking that his warriors have come back from the dead and this kind of fires his uh yeah gets his hatred and and hope toward uh, destroying humanity going mm-hmm. and he gets up and keeps running and leading those humans to the uh, spirit lake and yeah he's lying there wounded and then those creatures creep up on him and stab him and he's turning into this demon and this scene where yeah. he's turning into a demon i think that's one of the most violent scenes because
0: it's super red this scene yeah you you cannot help but think of blood and it is about blood i mean this is something this movie that distinguishes this movie from many other movies especially animated movies because it does actually show blood it shows wounds it shows violence in detail yeah Uh, and and you're right this scene i'm not sure if i would call it the most violent scene but it's it's definitely like the, the the scariest scene the creepiest scene of the film Mm-hmm. so yeah this this is uh, one of these many many powerful moments that i was talking about before and it, and you're right it's so it's it's so sad at the same time right to mm-hmm. see this this amazing creature being, being tricked like, yeah and also and again you see you see it for so long with its as you said with its bloody wounds it's not like you would see in, in maybe if you had this in any other movie where we would see like a wound for a moment and then you wouldn't see it anymore you see it all the time it never goes away like there's almost no frame within that that those scenes where you don't see uh, the blood which of course i think brings it back to to probably the main message of the film which is like that we are destroying nature right yeah and uh, the movie does a lot to show that from beginning to end and i think the scene is like maybe the most like hard to take mm-hmm. when it comes to that hmm so that's an interesting pick.
1: And I think what makes this even worse is like, yeah, like you said, you see his wounds and they just get worse. And mm-hmm. when he's turning into a demon, Sun is trying to get those bloodworms, I don't mm-hmm. know what they are, off yeah, of him. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> and she gets burned by them. And it's also, I think that's what makes the scene so violent, I think, because she mm-hmm. keeps fighting. She keeps trying to save him, but mm-hmm. he's already lost. He's already gone. And yeah turning into this rage-filled monster. And yeah, I think that's what makes the scene, the intensity of the whole scene makes it so violent, I think.
0: Yeah, no, imagine a movie that's not animated that would be uh, rated 12 or 13 that would show so much blood and violence. And, <laughs> and I think that this that is one of the super interesting things about this film, because this film is really, really violent. But because it's animation, it is still considered not as violent as uh, live action movies. And I think there are moments in this film that are really actually shocking because you're not you you're not used to seeing this kind of violence in in animated films. And I don't mean like I, I mean like movies from the '80s like Akira and all of these films. They also had violence, but not as explicit as you see it here. Mm-hmm. Um, the moment I want to point out, and again, we wanted to, we will discuss probably a lot of the moments, although to the danger of repeating ourselves. Um, <laughs> but um, there is this moment after. Um, um, Ashitaki is, uh, is that his name? Yes. <laughs> the Ashitaka, that's his name. <laughs> oh, I really want to get this right. I really want to get this right. After he is cursed and uh, he he uh, meets the first like these these uh, samurai and he attacks them and he's not aware of the power he has now. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, he just chops off an, an arm or two arms and you see these arms flying through the air and you see really like you see bones and, and, and blood and everything. It's really, really detailed. Yeah. Again, I, I watched that again today, and I was again shocked by this. Yeah. And then he keeps doing it, and then he chops off a head. And yeah. Like it's, it's, it, I mean, it, I find that so amazing that the movie goes there. Mm-hmm. And then in this moment that I find so shocking, then you see the guy without his arms, and then he's falling over, and it's almost like a comedy suddenly. Yeah. Like, like really comically, he's falling, he's like, where are my arms? And then he falls over. And mm-hmm. this mix of 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 humor strange humor and really explicit violence i i find it so unsettling
1: yeah i think that's i would say it's humorous but not in a disrespectful way i would say mm-hmm. because yeah maybe it's try to imagine getting your arms chopped off i think your first reaction would also be so uh, what the fuck? Where are my arms oh anyways <laughs> <laughs> Mm -hmm. just like the first moment of shock and i think people deal with shock in very different ways maybe the way of this character was to i don't i can't remember if he laughed it off but he was no he just looked
0: confused
1: yeah i think that would that would be everybody's reaction because yeah
0: and and all of these characters that he's attacking are drawn more more like caricatures than the other characters like there's really made a difference in how they are portrayed at all mm-hmm. um like he looks at it with like with big eyes and and so on and it's 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 really odd and mm-hmm. and i mean it's not just that but the arms are hanging on a tree next to him yeah. like it's it's so it's so wild i think that the, i guess sure. you would expect that in a, in, a, in a real horror comedy or something
1: yeah yeah i think it's i, I know what you mean it's comical but I don't know if it's in a I don't know if it's intentioned to be this comical.
0: I cannot imagine that it isn't because Miyazaki is so uh clear in how he portrays everything how he shows his characters and I mean he he knows how to be funny he knows how to like this guy looks like many other characters in other movies i'm I'm thinking of the um I don't know i I don't know if you've seen every <laughs> or lots of Miyazaki movies, but there are the the Pirates in Porco Rosso that are very they're drawn in a similar way that are all kind of of silly and you laugh at them but they're also kind of dangerous at the same time and the samurai here especially in that scene they're the only ones drawn in this way and of course i mean point of the scene is also that um, Ashitaka himself is not aware of his new new power right he is confused he's surprised that he suddenly can chop off arms and heads yeah. uh, i mean he keeps doing it but um, he is surprised
1: I mean, the scene feels kind of surreal. Maybe that's what Ashitaka is feeling in that moment because he doesn't have any control about his... Uh, yeah, he, he doesn't control his strength at that moment. His yeah. arm, the curse in his arm is doing all of this. Maybe that's... this. The way the scene is depicted is maybe the way he's perceiving all of it, like, not really real, like, really absurd and kind of... Yeah. Weird, yeah.
0: I mean, I want to highlight the next moment when he he shoots an arrow at another samurai, and his hat just flies away. And yeah. he uh, he's, he's sitting on a horse, and the horse keeps riding. And then uh, Ashitaka rides away, and there's another samurai, and he's like, "Oh, we lost him." And we see the samurai on the horse, and then <laughs> behind him, the horse with the hatless samurai just appears into the frame, and the the hatless body falls off the horse. And again, it's it's comical. It's it's really like it's not meant to be shocking. It's really, it looks really almost funny. And it's so, I I find it, I I find it super fascinating, especially because the movie, any other time before and afterwards, when we see violence, it is not shown in this way. It Mm -hmm. is supposed to be shocking or gruesome or uh, the way violence is supposed to feel. I just find it so fascinating that Miyazaki not only shows so much violence in an animated movie, but also shows it in many, many different ways. Mm -hmm. Because the, the violence that you describe with the, with the, uh, these go- go- uh, gods, uh, the, the kami, is a different kind of violence than the violence we see later when there are uh, like the battle scenes um, or when uh, they have this hand-to-hand battle in the village with knives and everything. And mm-hmm. I think the violence feels different every time and more real in, in, in these other scenes uh, compared to this scene. So maybe maybe he he's trying to say something about violence.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe it's, I would say it's not too far off to think that those were ashitaka's first kills we don't know anything about his backstory yeah so that would be possible maybe that's how it feels like yeah kind of in a surreal way like am i really doing this i don't mm-hmm. know what i'm doing what the fuck is happening fuck i just killed those guy <laughs> those guys and but i mean yeah. you don't
0: see him like too much pondering about that even afterwards like it's it's and i mean he is a warrior through and through right i i -hmm. i I can't imagine that this was the first time he killed Mm -hmm. but maybe not in this way with this power and and this like force
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i think i mean there was a scene with this monk uh after they bought the rice in this village Mm mm-hmm by the bonfire and the convers- this conversation is actually really interesting because those two people couldn't be more different mm-hmm. I would say like Ashitaka is saying I just killed those two men mm-hmm. and he's feeling really bad about it he keeps a stoic face but
0: yes you're right yeah
1: th- that's the first and I think only time he's talking about it and every time Every other uh, every other fight every other fight we see after that he's saying don't make me kill you please stop mm-hmm. he's trying to restrain the strength he has he's trying to not use this and uh because I think he's regretting what he did and he's trying yeah. not to succumb to this like the uh like the Boar God I forgot his name like the first one and the response of this monk was, yes so what they they are dead now but everybody dies from from bravo girl to emperor it doesn't matter and mm-hmm. yeah he just doesn't care about it he's like careless he's this character yeah. is also very interesting because we know about uh, we learn about him that he's really ha ah, he's not to be trusted in any way <laughs> especially in the end scene if you know what i mean
0: yes yes of course yeah, yeah. and um... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe as much as this movie is about um, the destruction of like our world and nature, it is also, I think, in a in a wider sense. And maybe this is something I was getting at without having thought about it before we started talking. <laughs> that the movie is also really about violence in itself, right? Because you're mm-hmm. right. In the moment, this violence feels like comical, kind of entertaining almost, and shocking at the same time. In a way, like violence is often treated in in Western films. Mm -hmm. and i mean uh, miyazaki is very outspoken that he doesn't really like western films too much uh, and the way they entertain and then like a couple of scenes later we get that conversation that he talked about where he is actually thinking oh well this kind of violence like i I, I don't like that i don't want to do that
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and again then then we don't see this kind of violence again not in a comical way and and just by talking about it too we see that there's actually like a, a reflection on the use of violence Mm-hmm. and I think there there must be a point that Miyazaki uses violence in this film so explicitly and not in his other films that he really really wanted to, to, to make a point about uh, when it is important to use it and how to use it mm-hmm. um, because he uses it like so much in his film like so many scenes are violent in many many different ways it's not like this one moment and then it's over there's so much different kinds of violence as I alluded to already earlier um, and so maybe he yeah he he also ponders well violence <laughs> you know <laughs>
1: Yeah, I know what you mean. And, like, the consequences of violence are also very important Mm -hmm. thing, because, like we already discussed before, violence and hatred just spawns more violence and hatred.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: Which is the downfall of the boar god, which is the downfall of every other uh, forest god. I mean, yeah. It's what spawns the whole war.
0: Exactly right, because the the humans are so careless about how they how they destroy everything, and um, and I mean again, like you said, um, I should be really better better at this. Uh, Lady Iboshi, she she makes it very clear that she doesn't really care in a way, right? She she wants to kill the boar god. She wants to move on.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, like like progress is more important to her.
2: Mm-hmm. Then there's
0: also this other scene where San talks to the these these apes. Mm -hmm. there's a scene at night where she talks to these apes and these apes say, yeah, of course um, we plant the trees and then the humans destroy them. So we have to kill the humans. Like, Mm -hmm. this is what we have to do. And it's, it's really clear to them. And Sun says, no, 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 if you kill them, then it just, it doesn't stop. The violence will go on and on and on, but the Mm -hmm. apes don't really care. Right. They, they say, no, this is what we have to do. You know, we have to stop them. So we have to kill them. Um, And again, this is like from the other perspective where violence is also used in, in an yeah, not responsible way or in a dangerous way. Because again, as you said before, and as the movie says before, uh, like violence breeds more violence. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I think Lady Eboshi is the, it's not the antagonist, but also kind of is the antagonist. She's the symbol of progress, like you already said. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's the character that pushes forward the agenda Mm -hmm. of, yeah, that's, Forget tradition. Forget everything you thought you knew. Let's build something new. Let's make everything better. And I mean yes, but she's doing. She's willing to do it. At yeah, she doesn't care about the cost. She doesn't care that she will have to kill a god. Quite literally, she mm-hmm. she she has to kill God in order to achieve. Even though we don't know if she really has to kill a god in order to achieve what she wants to achieve, mm-hmm. and. I don't know what scene it was, uh, actually, but at some point, I think it's just, it's just like right at the beginning where the boar demon attacks Ashitaka's village, mm-hmm. where Ashitaka is like... Oh, great boar spirit. Uh, let us talk about this. <laughs> no, <something like laughs> yes,
0: that. you're right. Yeah.
1: Um, Like he is actually trying, he's actually making an effort to solve this via, uh, via di- diplomacy and yes. uh, via an exchange. And the boar doesn't listen. He cannot listen anymore because he's so, he's driven mad by his own anger and he's consumed
0: and- by it. He's
1: consumed by it quite literally, and that's what Ashitaka is trying to tell Lady Eboshi. Like, talk about it. Let's let's try to uh, let's yeah let's try to find some common ground with everyone else, so nobody has to suffer.
0: I mean, you said she's like a representation of progress, and I think I want to go back to what I said before. I think she's like the representation of civilization, and civilization yeah. as, as as I would define it, like the. Our culture that is all about progress, like how how we define civilized and uncivilized is is all about civilized means always moving on and on and getting more and more and more. And what we call uncivilized is basically saying, well, we have what we have and we are content with it and we don't need to to always look for something else. What civilization always looks for more Mm-hmm. And so civilization is not evil, like Lady Iboshi is not evil. That's what, when you said she's she is the antagonist in a way, but then again, she isn't because she's not like, ha, ah, I want to kill everyone, ha, <laughs> ha. She, she just says, well, that, that's what needs to happen if we want to move mm-hmm. on, uh, which is, again, I mean... If we, if we look outside, this is what our civilization does, right? This is why it's so hard to fight against climate change and all of this stuff, because uh, the argument against it always but we have to move on, you know? Uh, how else should we do everything if we if mm-hmm. we stop destroying everything? And this is still true even now, right? I mean, this movie is uh, 26 years old and it, it, it couldn't be more true now, which is it's really kind of uh, depressing when you watch this movie and see it, how relevant it still is now, or even more relevant than it was in 1997.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like, it's not that far off to think of climate change and uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> how civilization weakens nature or civilization the way we practice and know it, weakens everything else around us, weakens the natural world around us. And getting back to Lady Eboshi, I think I would say the most powerful symbol that is connected to her is the iron, iron bullet, like mm-hmm. iron that's what mm-hmm. lady Boshi is after to further push progress to be able able to build her own power she wants hmm, the reason she's trying to keep the apes from planting more trees on this one mountain is because she mm-hmm. wants the iron that is lying underneath that mountain because she wants that iron to yeah to be brought to her forges to make more weapons to make more stuff that she can create and maybe sell and maybe keep in order mm-hmm. to build more and more power in order to be able to push her idea of progress exactly
0: and, yeah and, and and to tie it back to in a way like that fits perfectly to now you 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 gave me another inspiration i mean if you think <laughs> about the way civilization spread i mean again you could i don't want to get into too much detail but you know, the, the, uh, where we see civilization the most is is in Europe. And when it started to spread across the world to Africa, to the Americas, the advantage that it had and that enabled it to, to uh, wipe out so many indigenous peoples was guns, were bullets, was iron in a way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's why it was really hard for, for these people as, as much as they tried to fight w- with everything they had, but they couldn't beat a, a, a gun and a bullet. That, that was just uh, too hard for them. And I, I'm sure this is not a coincidence that her her gun and her bullets are, are, are so representative. And again, those people like Columbus and everyone else who followed, they didn't see themselves as evil. They, their plan was not to kill everyone. Their their vision was progress, right? That, that's what they thought. They said, well, there's more land. There's more things to discover, more things to get, more things to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if the, those people stand in our way, then we have to get rid of them, which yeah. is exactly what happens in in this film.
1: Mhm it's the us versus them mindset that mm-hmm. makes it even worse like in like you said the colonizers of the uh, northern american and especially southern american continent like columbus yeah they had the mindset yeah it's us versus them we want this land so we have to take it from them because it's our land not their land we have to take it it's our land of course and because yeah.
0: they didn't have the same level of of progress they weren't seen as as equals right they were seen as like animals so they could be treated like animals or could be enslaved or killed or whatever uh, mm-hmm. they wanted to do right uh, so yeah uh, okay i don't want to get uh, too sidetracked <laughs> uh, but i think i mean there is a reason we, we get so far away from from like just talking about different scenes, because this movie has so many ideas and, and it's all in there. I think this is, again, like I said before, is why this movie is so powerful, because it's not just about like some simple thing. It, it, it is about so many different things and it speaks to, to all of that with, again, with such power. Because I think it's almost impossible to watch these scenes as, as you described it, the scene with the boar god or, or, or many of the scenes and not feel terrible about what happens.
1: Mm-hmm. What
0: I really like about the way, um, like is maybe the wrong word, we, we see how these gods are killed, um, which is terrible enough, but then we also see the decay afterwards, which in a way is even worse, right, that we see them mm-hmm. like falling apart, and it gets worse and worse and worse,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, even after they're gone. Um, so it's not just a boom shooting them and they're dead and you move on. You see like how slowly everything is fading away and how terrible that looks.
1: Mm-hmm. We already mentioned that point. Like This movie also deals with the concept of consequences uh, after great acts of violence. Mm-hmm. Like When they shoot yeah. off the head of uh, the forest yeah. spirit, everything goes into chaos. And I'm a really big fan of the scene where the forest spirit turns into this life-sucking, mm-hmm. life-stealing god of death that destroys everything and everyone that's coming into his path. He's merciless. He It, it doesn't know. Uh, it doesn't separate good from evil. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. It just kills. It just steals life. And I think that's really powerful because... Mm -hmm. The scene where Ashitaka and Sun present the head as a peace offering, as an offering for healing the forest spirit or the really badly injured forest spirit takes Mm -hmm. the head. And as soon as he takes the head, he merges into his usual form, into his night form before Mm -hmm. falling off that mountain and exploding and this explosion mm-hmm. has some kind of energy that brings new life to the whole mm-hmm. surrounding and yes. i think that's really beautiful to see that yeah. healing is also a part of the consequences of violence like it depends on how you want to deal with it how you want to deal with those experience that you experiences that you've made be yes it exactly like, yeah you being the aggressor or you being the the object of of aggression and um Ashitaka is healed from that curse but he still has the scars on on his hand mm-hmm. and i think that's really it's just a really small shot but i think that was one of the most important shots of that whole movie when we see his hand and there's still this faint mark on his uh mm-hmm. yeah on his inner hand And just as a reminder that even though violence is over, and even though healing has begun, and even though healing might be over, there will always be some kind of mark. And uh, there will always... You cannot just go back
0: to where you started, you know, even if you try, even if you... I I, I find it super interesting that you didn't say that when the God then becomes uh, his old self again, that it returns all the life, but that it brings new life. Yeah. Yeah, because that's, I think, an, an important difference, um, that it doesn't just show like the, the world is just like it was before. It is like it it has life again, but maybe not as much as before. And there's like, there's a, a long way ahead. That's why I think the, the last, the very last scene of the film shows mm-hmm. uh, water and plants. And then you see this little, I think they're also Kami, this little spirit mm-hmm. walking. and But it's just one. And in earlier scenes, we saw the forest full of them and mm-hmm. i think that that shows that that yes life is coming and life is coming back but it's slow you know it has to grow again mm-hmm. it, it, it takes time yeah it needs healing yeah right and and there are scars anyway like the last shot is not completely green and lush and everything it's like uh, a, a bit of everything it's it's not it, there's some hope in it but it also as you as you pointed out very very well um like the hand it, it shows well there are scars it's it's like there are consequences to all of this we cannot just Flip a switch and then everything is back to normal.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like you said, this little forest spirit, I don't know what they're kami you called them? Yes, um, I think
0: they are called kami, yeah. I think just this is a general word for for spirits in, in Japanese, as I as much as I know about Japanese, which is not that much, but you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah. Like you said, it's a really interesting shot because <laughs> yeah, it creates hope. It creates hope that there might be some part left of what was before, but mm-hmm. it's bittersweet, the ending, yeah. I would say. More bitter than sweet, but still there's this hint of everything new. There might come, there, there might and most probably will come something good with it. And uh, yeah. Like when Sun told Ashitaka, I can never forgive the humans for what they did to the spirit god, uh, spirit, forest spirit. Mm -hmm. Even if this forest grows back, this won't be his forest because he's dead. And Ashitaka disagrees. He says, no, he's all around us. He's still there. But yeah, it's different now. So I think that's also really beautiful like like we already said it's probably won't be like before but that doesn't mean it has to be worse than before
0: yeah very very well said (laughs) um yeah i think in a way we we already uh like tackled the 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 most central elements of when it comes to violence there's one uh, one thing I wanted I wanted to point out uh, because I found it interesting. but in a way, it, it repeats something that we talked about before how the movie shows the consequences of violence because there's this moment after the battle when they walk past like mass graves and you see like bodies and bodies and bodies. again, not something you would expect in a movie like this to see to see mass graves, you know that mm-hmm. that is normally just shown in like the the most horrifying war movies if if at all, right? You need mm-hmm. to see that, um, and and I mean, it's hard not to show the consequences of war better than 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 this. And and I mean, the consequences even for humans, right? Because uh, it's, it's humans that are dead. You also see dead boars everywhere. But um, to like the these images of mass graves, we know these images; they are familiar, mm-hmm. right? And uh, we we try, we always hope that we will never see them again. But of course, we do again and again, uh, mm-hmm. even today. <laughs> uh, and I, I found even that really, really, really powerful. Um, to include that here
1: yeah i would agree like maybe i try to subconsciously forget these scenes because they're really heavy i would say with the impact they have of uh yeah you see bodies stacked upon bodies stacked upon bodies next mm-hmm. to uh, more piles of bodies yes and you there's one brother of son stuck between those bodies he's still alive and yes. if if Ashitaka would Ashitaka wouldn't have been there, he might have died just there because everybody yeah. uh, would have just left him there, and yeah, that's a really horrifying thought actually. Mm-hmm. To yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, death by death in a way, right? It's it's, it's really yeah. something. And again, it's not like a quick shot or anything, as you said. Like it, it, like you really have to face it. You have mm-hmm. to contemplate the meaning of of these uh, of these buddies. And, and I'm just so I admire Miyazaki so much for putting all of this in in this film and to really confront us with with it. And yeah, and, and I think animation has such a different way of of telling stories, and and also, but I think of, of getting to our emotions as live action movies not always can, and I think he uses that to great effect here. I mean, again, in all of his films, but especially here, I think. Um,
1: one scene that I think is also really powerful. We already talked about it when uh, when I think it's also the most popular scene out of the whole movie when Sun is uh, like puts her knife against uh, Ashitaka's throat and threatens to kill him and uh, tells him she will kill every human, she will go to war and um, he's just lying there quietly weak because of his wounds and says yeah no live and when he looks up at her he's saying you're beautiful like mm-hmm. that's his almost almost every time where he's confronted with anger and frustration and hatred he stays in this really respectful and quiet manner he's trying to stay calm and to spread this level of calm emotions and mm-hmm. uh that's he's kind of the comfort spot of the whole movie i don't think this movie would be i don't think i could bear this movie if he was anything like lady eboshi or something like that because then everything would be shitty yes (laughs) and
0: And still i mean that that makes it sound like he's some kind of like uh, i don't know some contorted version that we have of, of hippies or something you know oh yeah everything is beautiful and so on because he's like he's active, you know. He's doing things. He again, as we talked about, like the the most to me most shocking violent scene involves him, you know, and and mm-hmm. he he fights and and so on and so on. But yeah, he doesn't seek violence. I think that's that's the difference, right? He he knows mm-hmm. how to confront it. He knows how to deal with it, and he finds different ways to deal with it. But he is n- trying never to be the the uh, perpetrator of of violence, and he would never say, "I will kill," "I want to kill anyone." Mm-hmm. I think that's the maybe the one of the biggest differences uh, between him and yeah most of the other characters.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. He never says that he wants to kill anyone. I think he might be the only person in this whole movie without the intent of killing anyone. And yeah, and and yeah. anger, right? In a way. Yeah, yeah. And I think what makes this even more interesting is because he knows that his curse might kill him one day. Mm -hmm. and he should be angry about it and i think he is angry about it but he keeps it to himself he's trying to find a solution he's trying to find a solution that doesn't involve him going crazy like uh, all the other demons and um, not through
0: destruction
1: yeah and i think that's really interesting a really interesting perspective yeah really interesting contrast to every other every other character yeah
0: i love this film um
1: <laughs> me too else i wouldn't have picked it
0: yes of course of course again i'm really <laughs> really happy you picked it is there any other moment that you want to discuss
1: i don't think there are any moments that i've left out that i wanted to talk about
0: because then before we get to our final segment i would ask you if um if this is your favorite miyazaki movie or if another one would be more of your favorite, and I I know it's maybe difficult.
1: Yeah, it's difficult, but I don't know, is Howl's Moving Castle also by Miyazaki? Yes. Then I think it would be that, even though I think some people might call this the basic choice, but I think it's just a really beautiful movie about yeah, also coming to peace, uh, like being at peace with oneself and uh, finding your place in, in... society, not like in society, but like finding your place in the world and uh, finding friendship, finding love and what makes House Moving Castle even more interesting for me is, and I learned this after I watched the movie for the first time, is that it is actually a book adaptation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I bought the book and started reading it. I haven't finished it yet, but it's really well made. like the The movie as an form of adaptation and uh, yeah yeah, in this world firstborn daughters always have it worst (laughs) just like Sophie and that's why she thinks she's yeah she's she isn't good for anything she isn't good enough for anything and even though she she thinks of herself that way she keeps making everything better around her she keeps fighting for those she loves and keeps fighting for those she will learn to love and Mm -hmm. that's I think it's just a really nice comfy yeah (laughs) movie
0: I find it hard to decide actually I love my neighbor Totoro more than I can express in a way (laughs) so in a way this is always the first that comes to mind Uh, again I really love Mononoke but um when i when i watched all of his films um i, I and i've seen all of them um, i don't know if you've seen the wind rises which is this the last movie he has made up to date which is about but... the 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 bombing of of i don't know of tokyo or during world war II. Mm-hmm. and i was really surprised how much this movie moved me um because it's really different from all his other films because it doesn't really have the same fantastical elements and it's about like about planes and stuff a lot of stuff that i would would say doesn't really uh i I don't really care about that much but um this 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 movie really shook me to the ground
1: yeah i heard about it i didn't watch it yet myself uh but i heard that it is quite controversial because he kind Mm -hmm. of romanticizes the or he's supposed to I, I, like i said i didn't watch it yet i just heard that he kind of romanticizes the uh kamikaze uh, pilots yeah, some people
0: claim yeah and i i wouldn't agree with that because again this is another movie where he deals with violence and um mm-hmm. he's not really taking sides maybe that's that's sometimes the problem when you depict something um historical mm-hmm. um but yeah i i don't know i think this is a it's, it's also a really great movie but again there's not a movie of his that i don't like so um it's hard to choose yeah okay that brings us uh, yeah Yeah, sorry yeah
1: yeah close second would be i think kiki's i don't know the full name in english Kiki's delivery
0: service is the english title yeah
1: yeah because it's so sweet
0: (laughs) i love kiki yeah yeah and again it's a movie we could say oh it's a movie about a little witch oh how sweet as you said but in mm-hmm. a way, it, it's also a movie about growing up and about puberty, and and you know, it has also a lot of lot of yeah. uh, themes that are much more deeper than you would imagine a movie. Like when you look at it, and you just think it's a, a simple kids movie, it's not.
1: Yeah, and growing independent, and yeah, yeah,
0: leaving home and everything. Like it has so many again deeper themes. Um, I know I showed this to my daughter when she was quite young, and. She liked it, but I also noticed that it was a little bit too much for her—not not for because it was too intense or anything, but because the themes are not completely kid-friendly in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I and, and I realized that that then even more that maybe she should watch it like when she's like a couple of years older. In a way, it's a perfect movie for teenagers. Strangely, <laughs> although it looks like a kids it's, movie,
1: it's in a weird kind of way a. I coming-of-age movie
0: yeah it is in in a
1: really kind of way a really weird way yeah but yeah it feels like a coming-of-age movie a really wholesome one but uh yeah
0: okay then let's get to our uh, final section now um yeah and um (laughs) my first question is um could you imagine princess mononoke being less or more violent and still working the way it does and i focus on the violence now because i don't think we have to talk about sex when it comes to, to this film now more <laughs> or less sex i don't even want to discuss that here but let's focus on the violence because that's such an integral part of this film
1: i think more violence would be difficult but i think it would depend on the way of storytelling of the way yeah i think it's really dependent on how it is depicted on how yeah Difficult, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. I would say more violence would be most more likely to mm-hmm. imagine than less violence because the amount of violence that is seen in this movie is important to bring the whole point of the story home. Like mm-hmm. I think more violence would change the movie a little bit, depending on how it is included in the mm-hmm. whole package. But taking away from the already existing violence would change the movie itself it would make it not the way it is right now i would say yeah less impactful
0: i would i would think yeah right? yeah this is a movie where we really say the violence is really really important because again this is the one of the main ways to to get the points across mm-hmm. even about violence so if you have less violence it's harder to to discuss uh, the consequences of violence i think even mm-hmm. if the violence is is shocking maybe to some yeah. people um okay then finally um let's uh, let's find the rating we find for this film um and so uh, i i give you uh, four categories and uh you have to tell me on a scale from 1 to 10 uh, what you would give this film and the first one and it, and we're, again i always include sex and violence uh, here although again we can maybe focus on the violence part how explicit on a scale from 1 to 10 would you say the sex and violence is in this film?
1: From 1 to 10?
0: Um 7.5? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's fair. It's it's up to yeah. you to decide. Um, and, and I mean, if I completely disagree, I would say something. Uh, I mean, as we said before, the violence is quite explicit for an animated movie. It's still mm-hmm. not super explicit for movies in general. So I think 7.5 mm-hmm. actually gets that across really well.
1: Yeah. I think, like you said, sexual content is not present uh, except for the topless scene, but... (laughs) uh,
0: Yeah, no, no, sex is really not not an issue here for for this rating. So we can just focus on the violence. Okay, how intense would you say the the violence is in this film? Nine. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: So it could be harder, I think, but i'm glad it isn't so i would say 10 would be too much for me so i would say nine it's just like the right amount of intensity
0: which is still a lot of intensity for a film where you maybe wouldn't expect it so yes i would agree with that mm-hmm. okay how much would you say the the violence is connected to the themes of the film on a scale from one to ten?
1: <laughs> ten. <laughs>
0: yeah right i mean we said the movie (laughs) seems to be about violence it would be strange to argue that the violence has nothing to do with the theme of violence and this is an interesting one uh on a scale from one to ten where one is yes and ten is no how much would you say this movie can be recommended for children and your definition of children may vary of course but whatever you you think of
1: i don't think i would recommend watching this movie as a child Without the presence of someone you trust, mm-hmm. so but if like your parental role model or what whatever or like parent or yeah sister brother whatever mm-hmm. uh, is present, I would say that it could be recommended like a six, yeah depending on the age. I would say six on average, and depending on the age, it could be mm-hmm. higher or could be lower
0: yeah yeah i think i'll I'll, i agree with that too it's not i think it's not a clear case of oh no or yes of course Mm -hmm. it's really somewhere in between because it really depends Mm -hmm. and as much as i keep saying that the the violence is shocking for an animated film then again it is an animated film and maybe in some ways it makes it harder to take in i don't know i i find it really hard to to say that Mm -hmm. I could imagine that when I asked someone which movie was disturbing to them as a child that someone could name Princess Mononoke <laughs> if they saw it too early and no one talked to them about it I could imagine that it would have a disturbing effect I mean just like you said um, A Spirit Away. the um, mm-hmm. because like there are many many disturbing scenes in this film so
1: I think I actually know a person who oh. <laughs> watched this movie as a child and I think I already had or like it's couple of years a couple of years ago i think where this person and i discussed this theme of what movie disturbed you as a child and princess mononoke was their pick i think because yeah (laughs) we already discussed this
0: yes yes (laughs) yeah why i think disturbing for sure yeah Mm. so that would bring it to um mm, let me see i'm not so good at counting 32.5 if i count correctly uh, which is brings it to up to the higher levels of rating I have so far, but not super high like some of the others. But still, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you can get up to 40, so 32.5 is is up there uh, mm-hmm. with some other really higher rated films. And I think it, it deserves it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, then uh, I think we've discussed everything. Again, I really, really thank you for picking this film. I'm really happy to discuss such a different film at this time. Uh, different from all the other films i've discussed so far and uh,
1: yeah thanks for having me
0: <laughs> of course of course again it's somehow really really gratifying to invite former students uh, to this <laughs> podcast which i wouldn't do if i didn't think um you'd be able to really contribute in a in a good way uh, to this and since i was your english teacher it is i find it even <laughs> more gratifying um Although in your case, your English was uh, pretty good way, probably long before uh, I, I ever met you. So um, <laughs> I don't know how much I can uh, take in here as uh, my contribution here. Anyway, thank you. And uh, yeah, that brings us to the end of the episode. So uh, if my sketchy works out, then uh, I, I try to announce the next film. If my sketchy works out, the next film will be uh, Scream. Um, so... Let's see if that works out and then I'm really curious to see uh, what we talk about uh, for screen. So that's it. Goodbye. Bye. Stop this. You know you can't possess the human strength by eating them. All that'll do is make you into something else. Something even worse than human. We plant trees. Humans tear them up.
1: The forest does not come back. If we kill the humans, we will
2: save the forest.